0: Welcome to our weekly, I mean weekly Wednesday night cheer This <laughs> Yaakov who's finishing, they're finishing Kadesh now, 11 months. Jeanette Bas which They're finishing Kadesh now also, 11 months, in a you next week or so. And... I'm very oh. Hello, sorry. Serve, can you take this away from me, please. Anyway. Shabbos, Pashas, Lech Lecha, Yeralf, Mar day is actually Ches, Mar cheshven. As we go into, as we now pass, Zayin, Mar cheshven. Zayin, Mar cheshven, Seventh Day of Cheshwin. Take it up, to, put it on the front seat. Zayin, Mar cheshven. Is the day that in Yisrael we once again have a separation between Kal Yisrael, between Yisrael, the Chayim in Chutzlaretz, the Chayim Bnei Yisrael, and Eretz Eretz We had such a separation, such a different difference with them when it came to Pirkei Oves, because we had started Pirkei Oves a week later than they did, as Matz Yamtiv. By us it was Achashal Pesach, and since they did not have an Achashal Pesach. So therefore, they in essence had a Shabbos already, but because they don't start Pir-Gavis that week, they start us together. But there are other things parshias, that are not together. We they learned the Parsha that Shabbos that we didn't lay. so therefore we had to catch up with them in the parshias which we caught up later in Matas Masai. The. Then is on In Eretz Israel, they start to say the same to the Only in Eretz Israel, not here in America, or anywhere else in Chutz The reason they start saying in Eretz Israel is because why do to wait till Eretz Is because that is when the last Yid that left Eretz Israel from, from, from Eretz the Regal arrived home, the furthest part of Israel, from Jerusalem, And therefore, in order that this fellow should not perhaps get soaked in root, the Yidin that were waiting for the rain, so their fields can be irrigated, and that, are pray, that would want to pray for the rain, so that they have fields growing, refrain from such and they hold themselves back and they wait until this last Yid gets home so that he does not get wet on the Suffolk that he's not home yet the Yid waits to save his Saint Al Lebracha although it's a vaday, it's definitely not helping the irrigation of his fields and therefore Zayin Cheshwin is a date that shows a tremendous amount of Avas Yisrael shows a tremendous amount of how much one Jew concerns themselves with another Jew, how one Jew is worried about a fellow Jew, how one Jew looks after another Jew, and how the everlasting, unconditional. And it's like, in essence unconditional, because the fellow that owns the field in Yerushalayim has no idea, first of all, if the guy arrived home or not arrived home, and definitely not who the guy is. He has no idea, I mean, thousands of people came to be a leader, I so who knew? People who saw this one, who saw that one, nobody saw, nobody knew. So, therefore, therefore when it comes to the essence, it comes to the of Zach, what happened here already? What transpired already? I don't know who this guy is. I never met the guy probably. I doubt if I was standing next to him in the base Mikdash. And all of a sudden, you want me to not just worry about him not just concern myself with him you're telling me to sacrifice my own parnasa, my own livelihood on a suffolk that he might get wet and you know what who says he came this year not everybody came all three times in a year, people came once in three once and three times sometimes so it's very possible that this fellow didn't come this Yumtif. Maybe he came at an easier Yom Tev. Maybe Shavuos was easier for him. The travel was good both ways. Pesach could be that the travel was tired, it was tedious on the way here because it could still be winter time, etc. After, after Sukkot, it not harder also because Sukkot is a harder Yom Tov. Shavuos is the easiest in the Yom Tev. Maybe he came to be able to regal on Shavuos because that was easiest for him. On this Safik, on this Sveg Sveka, I am sitting here and waiting not to pray for rain, because God forbid, maybe a Jew who I have no idea who he is, get wet. Hi. This is an unconditional love. This is an unconditional connection that it has to a fellow Jew whom literally he probably never met and very likely will never meet. But yet, he does something that's literally hitting him in the in the pocket. It's not a simple task. We think today, rain, it does rain, it doesn't rain. The bread is going to arrive. The bread comes to the bakery. They grow it. Today someone said that uh, sliced bread was invented in 1938. But the sandwich was invented in 1932. Can you imagine what it looked like without sliced bread? They took the whole loaf, cut it in half and put something in between. Anyway, I don't think so. They used the expression, the best thing since sliced bread. We had no idea who we are doing this favor for so much more so a fellow Jew who we know who is our neighbor who goes to our shul or is our relative how much we need to be meyaker, how much we need to endear how much we need to embrace and to do unconditionally for them so that they too can succeed and be happy and feel the true Avis Israel, the true love of a fellow Jew. Yiralef Marchesvan. Rochel mevaka alboneha. The day of the passing of our mother, Mam Rochel. Rochel imenu. Passed. How yotzeit? Last week.
1: Ah? Was
0: last week? No. Right, Yiralef Chesvan. This Shabbos. Coming Shabbos. A day where Klal Yisrael finds a source of tefillah. Rachel Mavaka <laughs> Banel Rachel I mean, who cries for her children who he's told us many times how devoted and dedicated Mama Rachel is to Klal Yisrael. And it's her tears that are answered, the Fulasikh, the that she has for what she had done, and because of that, Veshavu Banim Ligvulam, may we merit to actually see that happen, goring before even this Shabbos, and that her yard site, and all the other yard sites that take place, the Yeral of Chedron, they shall all be ve'ki tzudraneh all the outside before, all the outside after. And you should all dance together with Mashiach. Okay. Avraham Avino give given a task. Ha'yoi mir Hashem el Avraham lech lecha me'artzecha 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 Abraham is told, go. Go. Leave from your land, your birthplace, your father's home. To where? To the land that I will show you, says Akash Baruch. In essence, when someone is entrenched or someone is living all their lives in a certain place, when they leave that neighborhood, when they leave that town, when they leave that city, they leave that country, that state, that country, they've left it all behind. They left their land They left their birthplace. They left their father's house. With one step, just stepping over the border, all this has been left behind. It's a very simple question: Why enumerate this? God should have said, "Abraham, go." To the land that I'm going to show you, to your, from your fathers, from your land, from your house, from your birthplace, all this is technically superfluous. It doesn't give us anything extra. The simple explanation, the simple what we would call De Sheteret's, With each command that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us, we get another mitzvah if we keep it. So the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave him a mitzvah, go, you got a mitzvah. From your land, it's another mitzvah. From your father's home, another mitzvah. From your birthplace, another mitzvah. So by his actual one step leaving out of all this environment leaving his whole surroundings he has done four mitzvahs so in this simple layman explanation Hakadish Baruch Hu is enhancing the mitzvah not just giving it as a one single mitzvah leave and come to where I'm telling you giving him a mitzvah of all the different levels of where he's going. So the fact is though, that's a nice, simple shot. But when we look into it, these things are still superfluous on the open market here. If you're going to a new place, obviously you're leaving everything else behind. And more so, I know where I'm leaving from, but you want me to go blindly to somewhere where I don't know where I'm going to. Lech Lechol, okay, you want me to leave here, leave where I'm standing and move over to another place. You don't have to tell me, leave from your place, from your seat, from the table, from the room, from the house. I know when I woke out of the house, that's why I left. But tell me, (inaudible) to the land that I will show you. Seriously. What does that mean? Where am I going? The fact that I'm ready to, that you're telling me to leave my area, to leave my home, I'm, I'm ready, I'm accepting that. But you're telling me to go blindly and wander in the desert? That's a little bit of stretch. You're pushing it here. But this is what i almost told. A list of ways, leaving from but yet nowhere, no forwarding address. Another question, it's tater. It was important between the conversation, for our for Baruch Hu to tell Moshe this way. What do we learn from this? What is this teaching us? A Jew is being taught from this very Pasuk, how one needs to reach and achieve his ultimate destination in his service to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It is a journey of many steps. And one needs to rise above all his personal constraints, all his motives, in order to make the fulfillment of God's will His essence, his defining feature. And these are the steps that I hinted here. Go forth from your land. What's land? A person lives in a land, land is nature, it grows, it. You said before, they need a rain so that it'll grow, so that it'll be cultivated. That's land, nature. Abandon your preferences that you naturally. Gravitate towards. What you naturally gravitate, what naturally pulls you in, what you naturally go for or think about, the standard way of life and living that you have, I'm telling you to leave this behind. Abandon that. Then I tell you your birthplace. <laughs> I don't know if anybody was ever at Seoul, but if you probably were, you'll see that the agriculture is very interesting. And actually, they set it up now today in America as well. In order to irrigate the fields, they have a wonderful sprinkler system. Sprinkler system shoots out jets of water and then it sh- shoots back again. It shoots out jets of water and goes sh- back again very interesting but it gets the job done there are two fellows two good friends they grew up together in school together and then they got married and he became a sailor and he became an agricultural specialist twenty years later they meet and the sailor is walking wobbling back and forth right to left because when you walk on a ship you have to get used to walking like that so he says, my friend, I see that your job, 20 years, has taken a toll on you. It actually affects you physically. So what should I say? I got used to walking like this. So, but tell me, But the agriculture didn't affect you at all? He goes, tch, tch, tch. Okay, so if you didn't see that, you don't know what that was. <laughs> he shook his head, going to, 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 and shot sh- 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 back again. Anyway, Right. So in other words, because he was affected by the is the, the shoots that way. The environment the person's in shapes their habits and their lifestyles. Similarly to the person on the ship, or to the person in the agriculture field, or any other lifestyle. So the second step of going out of your birthplace is also a very strong demand. Transcend the trends. And all the influences of your surroundings. Get above it. Rise above it. Leave it behind you. Move on. Then it says, your father's house. Your father's house alludes to the education. Education. Education that a child receives at home. Education that the child receives from the schools the parent sends them to. Education. The way you were raised. We're telling you leave that behind. Not, God forbid, flush it. But leave it behind. Go above it. Rise above it. Go a step above it. It was a beautiful education you were given. And you were taught the right things. And you were given the right things to understand. Now we tell you, take all that and rise even higher with it. Don't be complacent with what you've studied and what you've been taught. You need to achieve, to arrive to your goal to be, to reach the promised land. Because your devotion to God has to be above, has to supersede any academic sophistication that you were implanted with to where to the land that i show you a person who devotes himself unconditionally unconditionally to god with unconditional love and he surrenders any of his own personal preferences we say he surrenders all his calculations he surrenders all his biases it's not relevant to what the specific destination that you're heading to. The name of the game is to leave all this behind and to fulfill whatever God commands and demands of you. And this is a very, very powerful Posuk. Teaching us how we, we too must live in this very, very Circumstance. <clears throat> of Lech Lecha. We get very used to our surroundings, we get very used to what goes on around us. We get influenced by it. We tend to talk that way, we tend to act that way, we tend to eat and drink that way with our environments. Persons person is very influenced by the surroundings. In the olden days, for the Chesidim actually Spread across the nations, so were basically in Poland. And al Altareba first came to Leadi, etc. So, something that was a whole new novel thing in this area. And there were different families that used to live in different. Um, surrounding villages and some of them were just very simple simple Jews who knew nothing then you had Chassidim that was dispersed in different places just living in in random places you had the Litaim, you had Vilna you had all the people, the, the hubs of the Litaim one of the chassidim of the Alter Rebbe of Yechonon Zev von Haradok was a very presentable fellow. He was an expert. He knew he had committed to memory many different tractates, many mesectas and gemara. With Rashi, with Tosis, he was he was a shtikle talman, a chacham, a shtikle yid, a sefer. He was a lambdin. He knew as well as learning the chassidus. From the Alter Rebbe, from the Maggid, from the Bashem Tov. He used to go travel to amongst the rich people and he would sell them different merchandise. Oh no. He would sell them different merchandise. Thank you, computer. <sighs> and he made very, very well. He made Baruch of money. He used to give a lot of tzedakah. Abiyachlan Abiyachlan always made sure, though, in his travels, that he stayed in the Jewish environments. He stayed in Jewish hotels, hotels, I mean, people that rented rooms that were from Yidden And he would sit, and he would learn, he would learn there with people, there were people who would learn with him. Shabbos he always was very careful to be home. He knew what he needed. One year, he came to the Altareba. The Altareba told him, I want you to travel to Russia. This was unheard of in those days. Russia, out of all places. The Altarebbe sending him. The Atarebbe told him, I want you to go to Smolensk. Smolensk in geographically, if you want to know, is the most far west town or city in Russia. Northwest. It would be similar to going from New York to Los Angeles. That's what Smolensk is. Smolensk is actually Smolensk is actually on the border between um, on the border between Russia and, and Ukraine Not yet, sorry, Russia and, and white Russia, Belarus the city of Lubavitch is in Belarus anyway I told them go to Smolensk I want you to go there and do your dealings there with the people there much to his chagrin, as we would say, but Al-Qedba told him to, and therefore he did it because bought sale. He traveled to Smolensk. And the people there were not exactly his style people. He was there five months straight. He did a phenomenal phenomenal turnover in business. Everything was amazing but the surroundings and the people and the, they were just shall we say not his speed he was very disappointed he came back to the altar Rebbe and told the Alt-Rebbe what's going on the altar heard him out and said it says the altar Rebbe directs a person to go where they need to be and there is what he's blessed in his ways. And I want—if I don't want—it's not relevant. After Sukkot, the Rebbe said, "You go back to Smolensk." This time, he took went with a different attitude, and with his new attitude, he took in that were not necessarily learned people. Yidden that weren't even recognizable as Yidden. And he sat and he spoke to them. And he taught them. And he brought them into the fold of Yiddishkeit. He gave them the Chizik they needed. He gave them the Yiddishkeit they needed. And he returned afterwards, a few months later, to the Altarevah, Pesach time. With a whole different report now. How this these people these people became Frum, became this became that and he gave the Alaba a large donation because he had earned Baruch a substantial amount and the Al said I want to take now and hire teachers you will network these teachers and tell them where to go in the area of Smolensk and the surroundings who is in need of a teacher who is in need of a to teach children or to teach adults, whatever it might be, and you will set them up and find them homes. And this is what it's talking about when we say you leave your environment. A chaser who always made sure to be home Shabbos, a chaser who always made sure to be in a hotel that was hidden to so the people that are hidden, that, are, that, are, that knew how to learn, so that he should not be influenced, and they should not be taxed with the world of, well, shall we call it Hashem, ignoramus, with people who don't know, or don't want to know, or don't want to learn. And he left his actual environment of the Chosid, one who sits and learns Teirah, and went to a town, and built, and made that a Makam Teirah. We learn about Leit and Avram in this week's parasha. Avram and Leit part ways, for many different reasons. The Madish Plia that we've spoken about many times. Imam Ayamina Asmila, Asmila Ayamina. I go right, you go left, you go left, I go right. And the Madish Plia says, Aser <laughs> to Aser. Teira tells us, one needs to give tithe. One needs to give from money that they earn, 10%. Tells us the Teira, Imayimina, if you will take that dot on the Aleph, on the Ayin Sin Reish, and you put it on the right side, and you make it Asher, that you become wealthy, it's your money, and you're not giving anything away, then says the Tata Asmi'ila, I'll go to the left, and ta'asher, you will remain with only 10% However, asmi'ilo, if you put the dot on the left side and you say asher, and you immaculately give your ma'asher 10% for everything you earn, says, HaKadosh Baruch I will go to the right and I will make it ta'asher, and you will become truly wealthy. So late, and Avram part their ways. And late gets captured. And we hear the story with the kings, the four kings and the five kings in the war and the battle. How did Avram know that late was captured? he didn't get a text he didn't get a whatsapp, he didn't get an email it tells us the tale of. The fugitive, the polit came along, the fugitive, and he told Avram the Hebrew, the Jew. Who is this fugitive who came to tell Avram that Leite was taken as a prisoner of war? And the Medesh tells us the following. The fugitive was Oig. Oig Melech Where did he get a name like Oig? Because when he came, he found Avram busy with the mitzvah of ugois, ugois matzos. Avram was making his matzos for Pesach, <coughs> and therefore, from the word ugo, he got the name Oig. The Shaitan so it says. Then the Medish continues. You are such a nice guy, Link. You were so worried about Avram Avinu that you came running to tell him about Late? Eh. He figured out Avram is a very, very zealous man. And he goes full force into everything that he does. I'll tell him that his nephew late was captured. And he'll go to war to to save him. I, the odds are way, way against him. He doesn't have an army anywhere near as strong as these other armies. He doesn't have an army at all for that matter. So, but, so what's what's the rationale? There's no rationale. A Jew isn't a not a Jew. A relative is in trouble. Family member is in trouble. I run and I do what I have to do. I, I will suffer the certain consequences. I, a chassan could even be killed from this. I need to go do my shdalas to go help my member, my family member, or. Somebody that's amongst from my camp. So what does Oig say? I'm going to send this zealot out to battle. He's going to get killed at war. <laughs> and I'll marry Sarah. Yeah. That's, Oeg, that's what Oig's intention was. He wanted to have Avram killed so he could marry Sarah. Some other little facts over here. What made Oig think that Avram would actually do that? He saw Avram was occupied, preoccupied with what? Making matzahs. This, shall we say, played a, a critical role in his thought thought process. This told Oig. What kind of character Avram Avinu was, and this helped him mold his plan. Matzah, as we know, is is de the memnusa, is a bread of faith, food of faith. Avram's intense preoccupation in build in making this faith building. Activity was a reflection on his supernatural relation to God. It was more than any rationale could possibly grasp. His connection, his relationship to God. And he saw that the relationship to God focused on faith more than reason. Because this is what Matzah is all about the bread of faith. Such a person, reasoned Daig is a fanatic. And he would probably act irrationally. And therefore he was certain that despite obvious risks and questionable outcome, Avram would unreasonably jeopardize his life to try to save his nephew. And of course the results... Would well, more than likely would be catastrophic for Avram, fatal, and he wouldn't come back. So the matzah that E found Avram preparing, led him to this conclusion that Avram would actually follow through. So it would create a perfect opportunity for him to swoop in and to take Avram's wife for his own. This we see, therefore, it was actually the character of Avram Avinu. His total dedication and devotion to God. Lech Lecha pick yourself up and go, and Avram didn't ask any questions. Just for the record, Lech Lecha, Lamed Chof, Lamed is 30, and Chof is 20. So 30 and 20 are 50. Lech Lecha is a 100 which teaches us therefore that at the age of 100 is when Avram really started to embark on his real mission in life because at that point he was the era of post-bris so therefore that's when he really started to quote-unquote flourish and also of course as we know that's when he was blessed with the son. Hmm. We come to a point here. Avram is told go out from your land. The last time we heard his name mentioned, he was born. So in essence, we're missing here several decades of his life. It's not recorded, written in the Torah. Not even a brief description. There is Nayak ish Sadik. Avram who discovered HaKadosh Baruch Hu discovered his creator Avram who risked his own life to teach the world about 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 God years before HaKadosh Baruch Hu came to talk to him he was called home to in the dorm 32 side 1 This very Avram, still, Avram went through ten tests, one of which was to sacrifice his child, whom he adored and loved so much. And he came through with flying colors on each test. And yet, no title Avram is introduced by telling us that God commanded him. Lech Enters parsha of Avram. Where he was till now? Who is this Avram? What kind of person was he? What was his status? Mum, not a word. By doing this, the Torah defines the unique nature of Avram. Avram being the first Jew. And his relationship with God. And showing how his nation, the nation of Klal Yisrael, is different. It distinguishes them from the rest of civilization. All of humankind is capable of discovering God and committing to Him. So what makes us unique? Our primary relationship with Him is not because we recognize God and we decided to attach ourselves to Him but because we are His nation. We are Am Yisrael. Am Yisrael Chai. Likewise, the mitzvahs that we received, the 613 mitzvahs, that Ramach mitzvahs I say, and Shasa mitzvahs I say, in comparison to the seven mitzvahs given to the children of Na'ach, Our mitzvahs, therefore, have a direct impact on the entire world. But not only on the world, but this is God's desire. God created the world, to make Himself a dwelling place, and for the Jews to adhere to his Torah mitzvah. Therefore, the Torah omits, mentioning any background of vino you know, omits talking about his great Tzitkis, how, ri- how righteous he was, how pious he was. Instead, it starts with God's first commandment to him, Go forth from your land. giving us a lesson that in order for us to develop a meaningful relationship with God, it doesn't matter which Jew it is. It doesn't matter how well-learned you are. It doesn't matter where you're coming from. If you belong to the Jewish nation, you are part of Am Yisrael, you automatically have that connection, that perpetual connection to God. Not only do you have that connection, but you can achieve with that connection more than any other nation in the world. Lech was a commandment. It was a direction in which he was given to go. And the Gemara, if you keep your score at home, Pei Paybezim al-Alif, tells us that our Aves, Wumakayim kala Tayra kula ajlay nitna. They observed the entire Tayra before it was given. Hassidus explains, however, That the mitzvahs that our forefathers did and accomplished before Martin Teda did not have the ability to actually impact and transform the world, the physical world, in a lasting way. The object with which they did the mitzvah remained an object, a mundane object. However, maizah of a similar banam. It's the maizah, the work of the forefathers that ultimately paved the way for us to be able to do a mitzvah. So in contrast when we do a mitzvah, we perform a mitzvah with tefillin. We make the tefillin holy. We take a little of an we make the little of an Holy. We sit in a sukkah, the the sukkah becomes holy. And this is only because our forefathers paved the way for us. They established our destiny. So therefore the mitzvahs that they were makayim opened the doors for us paved the road as we say for us to be able to do the mitzvahs that we do today so the mitzvahs our forefathers would have had an association that they performed in, before giving the taylor, before the mountain taylor, has now therefore a precedence to the mitzvahs that were done after the mat and taylor and the most unique of the mitzvahs was brismillah Circumcision, which disting, distinguished itself from all other mitzvahs, it imparts remain imprinted on the flesh of the physical body. This is exactly how God told him: "Brisi bris an everlasting covenant between you and I." And that's why Avram, although he was doing all the mitzvahs, didn't do a brismillah. He waited for God to command this to him. Because through God's command, our forefathers, observant of this mitzvah, was endowed with the ability to imbue lasting holiness, and physical and material. So that what it's done today, Ebris it carries and bears that very same mitzvah, the same holiness. The Gemara in Masechet we keep his core at home, Mem Gimel Amid Beis, forty-three, side two. The Gemara tells us, Bishosh she Dovid hamerchats, when David Hamelach went into the bathhouse, Omary said, Oili. How terrible it is! Woe is to me. I am standing here naked with no mitzvah. However, the says the imara, and as soon as he remembered that he had a bris, this. he was at peace. Got to understand this. The mitzvah of Mila was so powerful, this is what gave him the strength to persevere. He had other mitzvahs. Mitzvahs that connected his mind, his heart. He put on tefillin every day. Why Mila? Some will say, because the mitzvah, other mitzvahs, is this schus. The mitzvah stands even after you did it. The merit stands for the actual action that you you achieve that you've done, like putting on tefillin, where you are tying your head and the mind, your heart, your heart and your mind. But the mitzvah of tefillin is while you're wearing the tefillin. The accomplishment of tzilin does for you is while you're wearing them. Once the person takes them off, he's not doing the midst of tzilin. Mashenkin mila <laughs> is perpetual. So it's not just taking off the arla. That needs to be done by the circumcision, taking off the foreskin, but the mere the concept of being gemalit of having a bris, to be moho, for every day of the person's life, they will always be moho. This happened eight days old, and therefore it continues forever. So therefore we see that the person is mekayim the Mitzvah of Milah, every day of his life, at all times. And that's how we understand why David was appeased with this. Because it was a mitzvah that was so strong that it gave him his whole life. So in essence the mitzvah mila has three parts to it. The taking off of the arla, taking off the foreskin. The actual action of the Mila, And the fact that one should be gimalit, that he should be gimalit, he should be circumcised by a proper orthodox male on the eighth day onwards. Not before, not in the hospital, not by a reformed doctor, etc. And not without that was a two. It's worthless without any of that. <coughs> we need to understand these three things, how this attaches us, attaches us to God. Mohol. The concept of being mohol <laughs> is the concept of our toiv. To do good. To reveal the essence, the inner good which is hidden within our nefesh, within our soul. With machshava, dibur, meiseh. Thought, talk, and action. Learning tera, doing mitzvahs, making it a life a day-to-day life with himself with his surrounding friends, his neighbors, his family whoever he can reach to the de this is the concept to be moho to do the good. Then we have Shelo hey O you're not allowed to have the foreskin foreskin needs to be taken off. This fact is the opposite. The sura mirah, Turn away from bed. Should not allow the Yitzhahara to lead us and to do his will or his bidding. And therefore the miller takes this away from the most refined Tivus. The most refined yearnings that a person has. Oops. And this is the Priya. And even someone who had these two things, he took off the Ardha and his mole. He has to have also the third Indian, the Mitzah of Mila. He has to be, he has to have the actual action. Now, Tereb explains in Tanya, a person who is naturally a masmid, who naturally sits and learns all day, He's doing the asetav. His nature does so. He's mole. Or sometimes a person's cold in nature. And he acts always coldly to the all the surroundings and all the different things that a person could possibly want. He's not oral. He's surmera. This person needs to work on himself and matter what his nature is, the warm nature or the cold nature... And rely on a total new nature that he has to acquire for himself, and this is called a shalay ofdu. Only someone who fights with his yitzhara is an al elikim. From here, we learn a special lesson: each and every Jew, one needs to always be involved, strengthening oneself in the service that Kharish Baruch Hu, not become complacent. And what he's doing until now, one needs to always work on the concept of making the concept of mila within himself. May we be zeche to sit with mashiach to Kenu this very Shabbos and achieve our lechlecha, achieve the mitzvahs of our assay and leisa say and rising above everything, and be in the base hamigdash hashlishi. Shabbos to all.